You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome on into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are so glad that you're joining us again for another episode. Uh, we, uh, as always, want to thank you and show our appreciation to taking some time to either download um, these podcasts from uh, the various podcast applications um, or listening to us on Facebook. We're so uh, glad that you guys are here, and we hope that uh, this ministry is uh, ministering to you. That's the whole goal, is that we want to uh, make sure that we're ministering to the hearts of uh, people who are listening and, and want to see this grow. And so, um, as always, my just uh, public service announcement that I try to give each and every week is we really need your help to share this information uh, to to get the name out of Bonfire uh, to, so that it spreads uh, further. And so if you uh, don't mind, if you're talking with someone maybe that you work with or a family member, I mentioned that you've been listening to the Bonfire podcast and ask them to give it a try. Or if you're on social media, you can always, of course, tag us. Um, or you can share that Facebook feed, and and that will get the word out as well, uh, so that others will know about the Bonfire Podcast. But, um, uh, Dad, we're here for Blessed Assurance again. This is week eight. Uh, you know, when I I think when we first did the first Blessed Assurance, I said we'll be here for at least a few weeks. Yeah, uh, and here we are on uh, week eight, right? And we probably got uh, several weeks ahead of us. I think so uh, to to really get through this and do do it mm-hmm. well. But I've I've really been enjoying it. And uh, it's, it's been just a, a great study to go through. Um, you know, today's Sunday is a, a great day. We've uh, went to the Lord's house and worship this morning. And then right. I came back here to our uh, podcast uh, recording studio, which is actually our dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've had lunch and we're just ready to get uh, get started now. And so, again, this is Blessed Assurance Week 8. Uh, for those of you who are, who are new and joining us, um, this is a study through the book of First John. And we would encourage you to go back and listen to uh, other episodes and you can catch up and you'll fall in place right with us uh, where we are today. Uh, for today's podcast, we are going to be in First John chapter 3, uh, verses 19 through 24. And, you know, Dad, for the last uh, several weeks, uh, we've been talking, or at least a couple weeks, uh, mm-hmm. a couple episodes, we've been talking about uh, love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not just any love. We've been talking about Christian love. Right. And as we've discussed kind of at length, uh, you know, that's that Christian love uh, is what we are supposed to be characterized as, as as believers and followers of Christ. That's right. And we are to love not just, uh, you know, uh, those who believe like us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're to love everyone, and that includes even our, our enemies. And so in today's uh, scripture passage, John is going to be working again with this topic of Christian love, and he shares uh, three wonderful blessings that come to a believer who practices and is faithful uh, in practicing Christian love. Um, And so uh, for today's uh, scripture, I'd encourage us all to read this together. If you've got your Bibles, join in with us. And I want to see if you can pick out some of these three uh, blessings that John shares with us. And Dad, uh, we're going to mix things up today. Would you read our, our scripture for us? I'd be glad to start. Starting at verse 19, John writes, And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit 
whom he has given us. And so if you were following along there, you, you probably began to see there's kind of uh, three sections of this passage, and we're going to break this up and, and go in those three sections. And those three sections kind of correspond with the blessings that John is sharing with right. us. And so, Dad, the first one that, that I uh, saw there, and, and I think hopefully our, our listeners can, can see that or, or, or hear that coming through uh, on the, the mic here, is that the first blessing we have advantage to is assurance right. uh, that comes from um, being a, a loving person. And so if we look at verses 19 and 20, let's look first at verse 19. It reads, and uh, by this we know. Now, anytime we see uh, that phrase, we really should stop and think and say, by what? You know, we right. got to figure out what, what exactly is he referring to. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I, I think it's fairly evident that uh, John is you know referring to um, Christian love because that was the major theme of, of the preceding verses. Our inability and, to hate and hoard. That, that's exactly right. And so John says that we should know that we are of truth uh, by the presence of Christian love in our hearts and in our lives, and that that presence of love should be um, assuring to our heart. It, mm-hmm. it should give us assurance knowing that that we are of Him um, if we have that love. And, you know, Dad, as I was preparing and studying for our episode today, I ran across a story, and a very, very simple story, but I wanted to share it with our listeners uh, because I, I feel like it just hits uh, the point right at where it, where it needs to be. Um, it's a story about a man named Jake. And, you know, Jake lived in a, a little country town, and uh, Jake was the meanest, drunkest man in this small town. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would come to church from time to time, but when he came to church, he came with one purpose in mind, and that was usually to fight with some of the church members. Yeah. And uh, one night, one Wednesday night, Jake came to church, uh, but this time it wasn't because he was there to beat anybody up. Uh, remarkably, Jake gave his life to Jesus that night. He walked down the, the aisle of that little church, and he knelt down at the altar, and he gave his heart and his life over to God. The next night, there was another camp meeting at that church, and Uh, The pastor stood up and and asked, is there anyone that wanted to share what God was doing in their lives? And wouldn't you know, Jake stood up and he said, I've got something I want to say to you. He said, last night when I came in here, I hated all of you people. Mm -hmm. And all the heads in the room kind of nodded. They knew (laughs) Jake and and, and the way that he was. Mm -hmm. But he went on and he said, but I, I can't understand it and I can't describe something happened to me. He said, tonight, I love you. Mm-hmm. And even though Jake only had one tooth in his head, yeah. he gave the biggest smile that he possibly could. You know, Dad, if I felt like if we could if we could have found Jake and got him here to be a guest mm-hmm. on our podcast yeah. today, I bet he would confirm, just as John wrote, that the presence of Christian love in his heart and was and it still is just a wonderful assurance that he had been born again. That's right. That's right. You know, and I, I want us to take notice at, at verse 20 because— you know, John kind of transitions, and, and he seems to understand that although this should be assuring to us, there's there are those of us that uh, even the best Christian and and the true child of God struggle sometimes with assurance. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us readers may have been overwhelmed by the memory of their past sins or being, uh, you know, aware of their, their present shortcomings and fallings before God and, and maybe thought that God's forgiveness was nearly impossible to accept. Uh, their uh, overactive conscience may have been belligerent them about their shortcomings and perhaps made it difficult for them to settle on uh, being confident in their standing before God. So, mm-hmm. you know, I really feel like uh, John wrote this to encourage those That's believers right. of that fact. That's right. Sometimes when we get tired or depressed, our failures 
seem to parade themselves through our minds, causing us to doubt our sincerity, perhaps even our salvation. To counter this, we should think of specific acts of love that the Spirit of God laid on our hearts to perform. I'll tell you, as a pastor, Matt, over the years I have received many thank you cards and appreciation cards from church members. I had a big stack of them sitting around my house that I had collected over a period of years, and one day it came to me about what I should do with them. I put them in the books and the commentaries in my library. Today they serve two purposes. They serve as a bookmark, to hold my place in a book when I study, and they serve as encouragement to me when I run across them and read the sweet notes inside, reminding me of some of the good things that God has allowed me to do. This assures my heart, and especially it helps me on those down days, down days that we all have from time to time. That's right. And so, you know, John talks about um, a condition, a heart condition. He had a, a condemning heart, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and that's what you were just kind of speaking to there is, is right. sometimes your, your your heart and it will just uh, get it, the best of you and, and will try yeah. to uh, to say, you know, you're not worthy uh, of, of God's grace. And, you know, and his your blessings. heart accuses us uh, wrongly sometimes. That, that's, that's true. Yeah, that the is. Bible says it is deceitful above all things, meaning the heart and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's well, right. the answer is God knows the heart. That's, that's very true. And so uh, John tells his readers um, and is sharing with all of us that there's two things that we need to remember uh, when we're dealing with the heart condition uh, known as the condemning heart. And the first thing he says, and I love this, this is a bumper sticker type moment here, mm-hmm. is God is greater than our heart. You know, yeah. that, that's just a wonderful statement right there. I think that, you know, John is saying here that, uh, you know, when we have the problem of a condemning heart, as we confess, you know, a sin in our life, whatever it may be, and we put it under the blood um, of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we uh, can turn our attention from, um, you know, the the magnitude of our sin and the greatness of our sin, and we can turn our attention over to the greatness of God's mercy and his love. Right. You know, and we must remember that uh, Jesus, his whole purpose for coming to this earth was to save sinners. Right. You know, he didn't come to save good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't come to save, uh, you know, goody two-shoe type people. He came yeah. to save sinners, and we are all sinners. Mm-hmm. And there's no sin that's too dark or too deep that the love of God and his grace and his mercy can't reach and right. remove. Mm-hmm. You know, listeners, uh, not only does a, a condemning heart, uh, can that be an issue, but sometimes it's actually the old accuser himself. Yeah. You know, Satan uh, will, will try to, to work in lives. I mean, we call him the deceiver, right? That's mm-hmm. that's one of his uh, descriptions. And he will, he will try to tell you that, uh, you know, you're not worthy. And he'll bring up those things in your past um, that you did. And, and he'll, he'll try to say that, you know what, uh, you know, you, you're just too, you're not good enough uh, mm-hmm. to be loved by God. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite Southern gospel songs, as it says there, you know, our response to him should be that it's uh, under the blood. Right. You know, that all of those things that he throws back up, he's right. We aren't worthy. No, uh, that's we, right. We aren't, uh, yeah. you know, worthy of, of what we have received. Yeah. Uh, but it's under the blood. All those things that we've done have been removed. That's right. And taken away. The second thing that John shares with us uh, here, Dad, is that God knows all things. That's, mm-hmm. that's the second part of verse 20 there. And I want us to just think about that for a moment. God knows everything. Uh, no one has to teach God anything. That's uh, right. He, he knows it all. He knows, he knows all of us. Um, and so if down in your heart you have the problem of a condemning heart, if your own failures plague you, there should be comfort in the fact that God knows your heart. He understands your, the intentions of your heart. 
That's right. John may have remembered an instant from Jesus' life on earth that illustrates this important principle. When Jesus visited Bethany, he stayed at the home of Mary and Martha. Martha was busy preparing the meal, but Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to him teach. Martha criticized Mary, but Jesus knew Mary's heart and he defended her. That's right. And so we've seen that um, those that practice Christian love will have the blessing of assurance. But now let's look at the second blessing, and that's the blessing of answered prayers. And And you'll find that in verses 21 and, and 22 um, there is, is where we see that. And so, you know, John says that the opposite of a condemning heart is a confident heart. Right. right? And Christian love produces confidence toward God, and that confidence toward God gives us boldness in asking for what we need. That's right. Now, notice I said what we need, not what we want, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it does not mean that uh, we earn answered prayers by acts of Christian love. Rather, it means that your Christian love actually proves that you're living in God's will, that you're keeping his commands mm-hmm. and that you're being obedient. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that particular position, that's where God can answer your prayers. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, the Bible promises over and over again, Dad, that God will answer prayers. Mm-hmm. However, our prayers must be in line with God's will and we must be in the right relationship with God for him to answer. That's right. When I think about our prayers being in line with God's will, I think about what Jesus taught us to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but really a better name for it is the Disciples' Prayer because he was teaching his disciples what to pray. And as a part of that prayer, he taught his disciples to pray to God, Thy will be done. Now, in Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. For God to give us what we ask, we must pray according to God's will for our lives. And we must be in a right relationship with God as evidenced by our desire to do what pleases Him. That's right. And so again, these verses don't give us uh, kind of the secret recipe for answered prayers, but it does emphasize the importance of obedience. That's right. right. You know, Dad, I was thinking, you know, I'm a parent, and obviously you're you're my dad, so you're you're a parent, and I'm sure we've got parents who are listening uh, to our podcast. And just think about this for just a moment. There's been times probably throughout your life where your child was maybe being disruptive, disobedient, uh, being uh, just uh, disrespectful. And I want you to think about those times where, you know, your child was just being, uh, we'll just say bad, right? There's no other way to describe it. And if your child would have come to you at that point in time and then said, hey, mom, or hey, dad, I need blah. Yeah. Many of us as parents, we're probably going to say, I'm sorry, you're going to come to me and ask for something now after the way that you've been acting? Yeah. And it, it occurred to me as I was studying to, uh, this uh, this week is, is that's really the way it works with God. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I can't just imagine us uh, living our lives in, in just kind of direct or, uh, you know, violation of what God wills for us mm-hmm. and, and being disobedient to his commands mm-hmm. and then getting down on our knees and then going to an, him and asking for something. Think about how how disrespectful and out of touch that would seem mm-hmm. uh, to a father because yeah. he is our father. That's right. You know, I think about an illustration here. There was a young boy. His daddy had told him, now, listen, son, I don't want you to be smoking. And so one day when his daddy was out of sight, he was out of mind. So he was tempted and he got a cigarette and he started smoking. And so he really wanted something that that he knew his daddy could give him. And so 
uh, he saw his dad coming around the corner, and he thought, oh, no, oh, no, I've got this cigarette. And all of a sudden, he put the cigarette behind his back, and his dad walked up, and he said, oh, dad. And he asked his dad for something, and his dad said, son, don't ever ask your father for something when there's a smoldering disobedience behind your back. <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> illustration. That's exactly what we're talking about here is, is these verses speak to being obedient and mm-hmm. following his commands and keeping his commands. And and so uh, John says that if we are uh, practicing uh, Christian love and that we are uh, keeping his commands, then that allows us to be in that position where we can receive those, those answered prayers. Right. Yeah. You know, I like that uh, the scripture tells us in many places that, you know, if we are in the will of God and we're obedient to God and and we're praying in the will of God, I mean, we can pray with confidence before God. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I have a couple of prayer groups at my church. And I love to pray with the guys in the church. And here's a scripture verse that I think applies to all of you prayer warriors out there that has a prayer team. Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. God is more than willing to answer our prayers and to give us what we need when we ask him. But we have to ask him in faith, pray according to his will, and, and live an obedient life like you talked about. You know, uh, there's a, an illustration of a person that had the confidence that John talked about that in anything you ask, God would do it for you. And that was George Mueller. George Mueller was a Christian evangelist missionary back in the 1800s. He was the coordinator for orphanages in Bristol, England. And through his faith and prayers, and without asking for money... He had the privilege of caring for over 120,000 orphan children. He also traveled over 200,000 miles by ship to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in 42 countries and to challenge believers about world missions and trusting God. Well, in his journals, Mueller recorded miracle after miracle of God's provision and answered prayer. He wrote this story. One morning, all the plates and bowls on the table were empty. There was no food in the larder and no money to buy food. The children, meaning the children at the orphanage, were standing, waiting for their morning meal. When Mueller said, Children, you know you must be in time for school. Then lifting up his hands, he prayed, Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. There was a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast. And the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and baked some fresh bread, and I brought it. Mr. Mueller thanked the baker, and no sooner had he left, there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken down in front of the orphanage, and he would like to give his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it. Oh, the blessings that Christian love brings, assurance and answered prayer. That's right. And, you know, let's move on and we'll look at the third and final uh, blessing that John shares with us. And we can find that in verses 23 and 24. And I do want us to just go back and, and look at that scripture one more time. It says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he has gave us commandment. 
Now he who keeps his commands, uh, commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. And so John says um, that those who believe in Jesus and practice Christian love abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we got to remember that, you know, when Jesus was asked back in Matthew by a scribe, what were the greatest commandments or what was the greatest commandment? Jesus responded with love God and love your neighbor. This is kind of the fundamental doctrine of Christianity uh, given by, by Jesus himself. And so that we see this again, that we are to, to believe in Jesus, we're to love God and we're to love our neighbor. But notice um, John says, he kind of turns us around uh, in verse 24. Um, he says that when we believe in Jesus and that we love God and that we practice um, this Christian love, that we embody in Christ. But then he says, just with a few little words there, that he, that being our Lord, also abides in us. Mm-hmm. So, Dad, you see, abiding is a reciprocal re- relationship. You know, right. it's it's us with Jesus um, and the Holy Spirit working together. That's right. Abiding in Christ is a key experience for a believer who wants to have confidence toward God and enjoy answers to prayer. In John 15, verses 1 through 14, Jesus and his message to his disciples in the upper room illustrated abiding. He compared his followers to branches of a vine. So long as the branch draws its strength from the vine, it produces fruit. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about salvation. He was talking about fruit bearing. The moment a sinner trusts Christ, he enters into union with Christ. But now maintaining that communion is a moment-by-moment responsibility. Abiding depends on obeying his word and keeping clean. And when a believer obeys God and loves the brethren, the indwelling Holy Spirit will give him peace and confidence. That's exactly right. And so... You know, you may be sitting here uh, listening to our podcast today and you say, okay, well, I understand that um, that I abide in Christ and Christ is to abide in me, but how do I know that he is abiding in me? And so uh, John actually gives us that uh, right there at the end of, of verse uh, 24, uh, where uh, John says, it is the presence of God's Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in us. And that's how we know that's that, right. that he's abiding in us. We have his Holy Spirit abiding with us. And Dad, we've talked about uh, the Spirit, I think, uh, once before in First uh, John. Um, at that point, we talked about it. It was referred to as the anointing. Mm-hmm. And this time, John actually uses the term um, spirit mm-hmm. um, in his writing. And so uh, we, we've discussed the Holy Spirit, but I saw three things that we can just remind ourselves about the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. And the first is that he is an abiding spirit. Um and that is really the the third blessing uh, that we have here that John is telling us is that we have the Holy Spirit who abides in us. And as Christians, that spirit abides with us forever. It will never leave us. Right. But the spirit uh, will uh, withdraw its blessings from our life if the spirit is grieved. Mm-hmm. So if we're uh, not living uh, in, a, in a, a way that is uh, pleasing to God and that we're not following his commands and we're not um, loving and displaying Christian love, that spirit will be able to pull back. That's right. Um, and you won't feel that power in your life um, right. as it once was. But it is an abiding spirit. It's with us at all times. The second thing that I, that I think about when I think about the Holy Spirit is it's an attesting Holy Spirit. It gives witness to, to those who are true children of God. Uh, it guides them and directs them. We talked about that uh, again in earlier in chapter 
uh, in an earlier chapter in First uh, John is that it it warns us of these false spirits and these false teachers that are out, mm-hmm. and it will help be a guide to lead us um, and keep us from going astray. And then the last thing I think about when I think about the Holy Spirit is it's an authenticating Holy Spirit, and it yeah. bears witness not only to the Christian himself, mm-hmm. but it also bears witness uh, through the fruit. Um, to those around us, uh, that we are of God and that we are, uh, you know, a child of God and He is living in us. Right. Yeah. When I think about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, Paul tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And I'll tell you what, apart from Jesus through the Holy Spirit being in your life, you can't produce that fruit. Especially all the time. Sometimes some people might be kind and nice to others, but we we get all nine parts of the fruit. That is an operation of God in one's heart, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. And when you see Him working in your life, that gives you assurance, and that assurance comes when we love other people just like Jesus loved us. That's exactly right. And so, you know, for our listeners today, if, if you're listening and you say, well, you know what, I, I'm a Christian, but um, uh, these blessings that we're going through, I just don't see them working in my life. Um, I, I think you got to take a real hard look at, at your love life, um, and that is your Christian love life, and mm-hmm. are you loving like you're supposed to? Right. You know, if there is a person maybe in your church or in your congregation or, or in uh, your community that you're harboring uh, anger against, well, then you're not going to be able to experience these blessings because mm-hmm. you're not following Jesus' command. You're not loving uh, like Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask you just to think about that. Is there anybody that you are kind of holding something against? You know, I, I heard um, there was an evangelist who was speaking, and and he had a person come up to him afterwards, and he was speaking on this very topic. And, uh, you know, the, the man just, you know, kind of was brokenhearted, and he said, you know, I've been praying and praying and praying that my son, who was a wayward kind of prodigal son, mm-hmm. would come home. Mm-hmm. And he said, God won't answer my prayers. And basically he was asking the evangelist, you know, why won't God answer my prayers? It right. seems like that would be something that would fit into God's will, right? Uh, yeah. that, that his son would come home and that he would get his life right. Um, but he just couldn't figure out why God wasn't ask, uh, answering his prayers. And so the evangelist looks at the man and says, well, well sir, is there anyone that you're uh, harboring, you know, some anger against. Mm-hmm. And, and even in this congregation, and the man kind of hung his head and he says, well, yeah, you know, brother so-and-so over there, um, you know, I've been really uh, upset with him and uh, we haven't been speaking uh, for quite some time. And, and so the evangelist said, well, you know, I would encourage you to go and, and to get that right with him and restore that relationship. And then you continue to pray because God honors continual prayer mm-hmm. and, uh, a couple years later, uh, that evangelist got a note uh, in the mail, and uh, it was that person, that man who came to him and, and just saying that he had followed those instructions. He had went and he made amends with that brother in Christ, mm-hmm. and he continued to pray, and he, he was uh, writing to let him know that his son had came home and that he had yeah. accepted Christ and he had turned his life around. And so, um, again, I give you that just story there just to, to say that if you're not seeing these blessings play out in your life, that really take a hard look at your love life, your Christian right. love life, and see if there's anything that uh, could be amiss there. The other thing that I would say is for those who are listening, if, if this doesn't sound like your life, well, it may be because you're not a Christian. Yeah. You know? um, it, it could be that you don't know uh, Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're confused by all this stuff we're talking about, about loving everyone and loving our enemies. That may seem odd to you, um, but I, I, I can tell you if you have 
a true um, experience and a relationship with God, he will change your heart toward other people, just like he did Jake in that story that I told. And so I would encourage you, if you want to know more about that, you can reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us via email to bonefireministries at gmail.com. We'd love to have a conversation about you. Uh, but the steps to, to getting right with God are fairly simple. Mm-hmm. You know, people try to make it more complicated than it is, but we, we even did our first kind of three podcast about it, that you got to, you know, confess that you're um, a sinner. you got to repent from those sins and place your faith in, in Jesus Christ. And when you do that, he's going to shower down mercy and grace upon you. That's right. And uh, he's going to take those sins away. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all he asks. And then from there forward, just as we talked about today, he asks that you do two things, really, that you go forward in a life where you love God and that you love other people. That's and right. if you can do that, um, that, that's all that it takes. That's and all so it takes. I would encourage all of you guys just to think about this uh, this message today and, and these words and, and let that uh, kind of sit into your heart. Um, again, I thank all of you for listening today. And Dad, if you would, pray us out of here. Sure. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And our Heavenly Father, we're glad you love us. Now, Lord, as we look up to you today in prayer, we know, Lord, there are people listening to this podcast that are struggling right now. There are some, Lord, that have trusted you as their Lord and Savior. They've experienced the joy of living for you. But, Lord, it might be uh, that they're discouraged today. Satan slipped in and said, oh, you don't belong to God. But, Lord, I pray that you would help them to receive the assurance that love brings. Help them, Lord, to see that if you have used them, O God, Uh, to strengthen other believers, to love, to care for others, and follow your Holy Spirit, Lord, in ministering and showing love, that that is an evidence that Jesus is in their heart. Lord, uh, this, this downturn in their life might come as a result of them harboring some form of disobedience in their life that they've not been able to relinquish. Help them, Lord, to turn away from that today, to get the clog out from the pipe so that the water may freely flow of that power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So, Lord, I pray that there will be renewal today in the hearts of believers, Christians. And then, Lord, I pray also today for those that do not know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. Lord, they're separated. They're cut off from you. It's not because you will that. It's because, Lord, they've chosen a life of rebellion and have not stopped and turned around to look to see where their blessings come from, have not surrendered themselves and accepted that free offer of salvation that you give in Jesus Christ. Lord, they can't make it to heaven on their own. And, Lord, I pray, O oh God, that they just quit trying to make it on their own, that they would just turn from their sin, as Matt talked about, confess Jesus as their Savior, the one who died for them, and, Lord, and, and ask Jesus to come live in them, Lord, and change them and make a new person, a new creature out of them, save their soul, that they might be born into your kingdom. So, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would work in the lives of believers and non-believers alike today. Help us, Lord, to love as Jesus loved. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonefire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.